Welcome back. We're in Geek East today. It's just me. You're stuck with just me. I'm sorry about that. But we are in Geek East Studios today with the one, the only, Johnny Bliss. Uh, he's got his new album coming out on Friday, March 11. Johnny, how you doing? Man? Hey man, I've actually got my dog with me over there. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> That's my dog. I'm going to say, yeah, she'll, she'll stop it after that. I uh, just made the trip away from Lincoln. Right? So, before, sorry about the clip, folks. But no, you were, uh, and again, sorry by interrupting you so much, my guy. But now we're comfy. We're sitting. We're chilling. We're back. Uh, you were kind of talking a little bit about, um, like, what your dad did growing up. Um, so, just to kind of get back in the conversation, you were saying it was really cool. Um, one of your favorite things that you've been able to find is that when you find people kind of on the stage, they're larger than life. And then when you meet them, they're pretty goddamn down to earth. Yeah. So, I mean, like, do you have some specific, like, a couple people that kind of stuck out to you? Do you remember some people in specific that yeah. didn't have to be so fucking cool to you? Yeah, it's funny. So, like, to add on to the uh, um, meeting with the Foo Fighters, uh, the really, f- I have a picture of it somewhere. I have no idea where it's at, but me and Dave Grohl are putting bunny ears on each other at the same time without <laughs> each other knowing that we're doing it to one another. Oh, no shit. How old were you at this I was, point? I think I was 10. I think they. I think it was in 2000 because I want to say it was right around the same time that I went to that Creed show and ended up getting that guitar. Oh, from Scott Stapp? Burping in Scott Stapp's face. <laughs> Which is a fun... That's the story I saw, obviously. Oh and God, so I was like, well, so if, it, if obviously that's, that's pinnacle. That's pretty peak. That's yeah. pretty funny. You, to sit next to Scott Stapp at literally Creed's probably height of their success and fame... And to be sitting literally 
Closer than I am to you. To <laughs> Closer right. to so smell like, a burp. Right. So, right. So, like, I'll walk you through it because, like, I typed it out or whatever. So, like, okay. I'm sitting here and I'm bugging my dad because uh, every year they do Camp Out for Kids and they always get signed guitars from all the bands that come through doing acts and blah, blah, right. blah and, and doing shows. And so I was begging him, like, Dad, give me a signed guitar. Give me a signed guitar. He's like, dude, you fucking ask for a signed guitar. Stop asking. You. You sit next to Scott's dad. Why don't you ask him? I was like, fuck it. Uh, okay, so, and I'm like, all right, how am I going to do this? So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I have this big, build, just burp, just building, just like right here. Just like, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't burp in this dude's face, right? <laughs> so in my 10-year-old head, I'm like, all right, cool. I won't burp out loud, because that's rude. I'll just burp and then blow it out my nose. Just... But I turned to him, and we burped and blew, blew it <laughs> straight into his face. And I just made it, was just like, can I have a side guitar? And he looks at me, and he goes... Did you just burp in my face and ask me for a signed guitar? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I like this kid. Get him a fucking Get guitar. Get him a fucking guitar. And I, about three weeks later, I got a fucking giant triangle package in the mail. with signed guitar. It was a, it was a white uh, Esquire from uh, Fender. Very nice. It. Yeah, it survived my house fire. Yeah, it's crazy. Dude, house fire. Yeah. How long ago was that? I was 14, 2000, 2004. Okay, so a little while though, yeah, obviously. Yeah, like, So that yeah. wasn't too recent. We don't need to get like, to GoFundMe like, now. It was like two years ago, I was 14, I'm 16 now. So. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm out here uh, in the streets. Yeah, no, it was a... Uh, that crazy. is wild though. Mm -hmm. um, was that something, like, I mean, obviously we don't have to dig into it if it's kind of fucked up, but I was like, I I know only two other people that have had a house fire so similarly, and it's like the one of the biggest fears that I have because it seems so unstoppable in so many ways and on so it's many scary, cases dude, yeah because i wasn't even at the house um so i was at well, the, that's i was at like six blocks down the street and i was hanging out at a friend's house and all of a sudden we see fucking um ambulance ambulance fire truck fire truck we get up there and go look and i'm like sure shit it's my house and i'm like what the fuck and i think oh, the most man. fucked up part about it was the fact that the firemen brought both of my dogs out in trash bags like Yo. together and just was like dropped in front of us what do you want us to do with these for and real like are you fuck like can you give us a second here guy that's fucking wild yeah bro. dude it was so it was great I actually talked about it in, in, in lobotomy this yeah? yeah okay so I opened up a little bit about that story, so so that's actually kind of a perfect <laughs> sad as it is sorry to fucking hear that still because I mean obviously that's heavy Honestly, forever man, man it's okay because I ended up being I ended up basically becoming like best friends with my dad and it was like a it, there was the whole silver lining so like yeah. something tragic that you know house burning down losing both your dogs and all that shit and then basically like realizing that all that shit came from like and it turned into a beautiful friendship that I really des des right. desperately needed because I was living with my mom like week on and then week off with my dad and then I basically moved in with him from then on out and yeah so yeah no, it was definitely a necessity for me growing up so. well that's that's crucial though I mean like I'm glad I mean you you sound like when you when you talk about your dad like you guys have always been pretty close in a way yeah, though yeah absolutely yeah so this, I grew up going to shows and stuff but that just really like grew I mean, like well I have kids and I split custody with their mom and so like yeah, I'm really close with my kids, but like it's so much more when you're with them day in, day out, you know, seven days every single week, you know. 100%, so, man. Especially uh, like if you're, you know, with the situation specific as that where there's no other house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we stayed in uh, Chase Suites in Lincoln um, behind where the old Hooters used to be for like a good year where our house is being rebuilt. So, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, that'll, that's, a, that, I have a couple of questions about that kind of too, because we always ask like kind of, that's the basics of where'd you start, what'd you do, but you have an interesting story here. Like I said, being someone that your dad is in entertainment and that obviously that, that sense of, 
I don't want to say obviously like I know you because I'm trying to figure it out, but it seems like it took a good um, influence on you being able to perform maybe and being able to understand how, maybe not how the business goes in and out growing up because you're kind of sheltered from that, but it's being able to see someone project themselves like that with confidence, yeah, yeah, maybe build a voice for you. You said um, kind of in between when we were getting ready here as well that um, not only do you have a live band, which I'm very interested in asking about here in just a moment, Um, but mental health, um, something that you said, and obviously having something traumatic happen in your teenage years, split parents, you know, dogs, death, all sorts of stuff. These things seem to touch a big storytelling aspect of a lot of your songs so if we can go all the way back to the beginning kind of growing up is there a reason that you took yourself to rap when you're already in this world of like rock radio yeah yeah so I started making music when I was 11 or 12 I think was when I got my first guitar um, and so I started writing, you know, po- I started with writing like poetry and poems and stuff and then started writing music because I was like really into Nirvana, Alice in Chains. Like Nirvana is my favorite band still. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. But also like Tool and, you know, just a lot of different types yeah. of rock. You know, I got a big know, t- Tool tattoo right there myself. Yeah. I do so, enjoy the grunge stuff too as well. The Alice in yeah, Chains is a huge influence myself yeah. as well. So, you know, I grew up with that music and, you know, and honestly, I think that saved me from a lot of just emotions you deal with going through puberty and being a teenager with hormones and all sorts of weird shit that you know just happens that you don't really have control of you don't understand it and then obviously as you get older you look back and you're like oh okay like I get it it's just a part of life you know but right um you know just growing up with music and making rock music like I was I actually used to sound just like Kurt Cobain when I was like 14 and 15 years old I literally like could I basically learned every single one of the songs off and of um their best of album that last album that that's cool though oh yeah <clears throat> and because I think a lot of people, I mean, like, because everyone's like, well, it sounds like this all the time when you listen to newer bands or this nowadays. Well, first of all, there's only so much you can compare stuff to, but anybody who's talented or anybody who gives a fuck, I think, really harkens to a few influences. And, like, even if they, at their younger years, might define themselves around maybe one or two and, like, really love a couple bands, right. you, you just find, like, four, five, six, seven, eight influences if you're that well-rounded, I suppose and kind of harken your own style you're just a combination of other things that you really enjoy then then you become something that allows you on especially whether it's stage presence yeah. uh, what you seem to have a lot of <laughs> I appreciate that man yeah I learned about that um, before I even really cared about music I remember like I'll never remember never forget the uh, the experience of finding out what good stage presence was versus bad stage presence and I don't remember exactly what show it was but I was really young still right around 10, 11, 12, just because I know that it was like right before, because I, I expressed I had I had expressed interest in playing guitar for a while, and my dad finally was like, okay, cool, well, we're going to get you a guitar, we're going to get you a guitar lessons, you can actually learn how to play the thing, rather than just right. like, yeah, just you know, strumming away and learning yeah, your exactly. favorite few cover songs. Exactly, so, you know, everyone learned Smoke on the Water and all that. Bam, bam, yeah. But, you know, started doing that, and then, you know, I always had these rock star dreams, man. Always did. That's good. I don't know if it's because when I was a, I have a, a photo of my baby album that I'm probably no more than a year and a half, two years old, and I'm wearing this really long, fake, like, Mickey Six hair, and I've got sunglasses on, and Flame I, have, shooting like, bass I, have guitar. Little, I have a little guitar that's like, a, it was like, it wasn't cardboard, because it was a lot harder, but it was like, uh, like, uh, not like, 
plywood, but like, I don't know, it was like, it was, it was about this big and I was sitting in my lap and I always can remember seeing that photo. So like, I don't know if that just like got imprinted in me or whatever, but I've always just seen myself being a rock star. And then when I stopped playing, uh, rock music and singing when I was like 16, 17, um, Mm -hmm. I still had these dreams and basically wasn't doing anything about it. Yeah. So then, uh, I graduate, um, I do want to ask, like, so, so through, um, like, so through high school, are you in, are you in bands or are you just creating music on your own? Uh, I was in, I was in a couple of different bands, yeah. Um, it was basically like me and a buddy um, started making music early, early on in middle school, and then I got in touch with like four of like the popular kids that were like, yeah. I was a lead singer, and uh, we would do like Rage Against the Machine covers. And, Dude, hell yeah! And, uh, that's how most bands end up starting, whether they're whether young or not. People's music. I didn't really know how to write anything other than like goofy like wieners and butts it all started from parodies from me hearing songs and not hearing the the real lyrics and then just making up silly ones that rhymed with with what they said and that's where it all stemmed from so that's where my writing music started is that kind of how you like work on it now in a way because i was gonna we'll get to get to that as well um, but yeah, I was, I was going to ask, I guess we could jump to that. There's no, no reason not to then kind of come back a little bit. So you played in bands in high school and you started to kind of develop a style, but you said you like wrote poetry a little bit too, maybe at least a little bit, but ex- experimented with it. Yeah. That's something that I, especially cause I, I myself play the bass guitar and I can't rap at all. <laughs> I bet I could if I put my fucking mind to it, but that's not the point. Right. It's, it's something that I have always loved though and honestly drew my love of writing bass hooks and wanting to get involved in bass because I think um, the hip hop really drove my love for that and then seeing rock bands play like Tool and that kind of stuff too so I, I found this style where what I'm always fascinated around is because of my the writing process in a band and now that you have you you have the mentality of both I'm always fascinated to find the process. Is it beats or is it lyrics or is someone, does someone come to you with an instrumental first? And I usually ask all of that, but what it sounds like to me is that you, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, you might write hooks and like might write some lyrics and like have a kind of an idea and then maybe build a sound around that. Yeah, actually it's, uh, it was weird when I actually figured out how to put my writing process into words to explain it. Um, it's very similar to Quentin Tarantino, how he writes his movies. How he writes his movies is he literally has the soundtrack first. Okay. He has all the songs for the scenes set up in, in order, and he basically allows those songs to set the scene and the mood for what he's trying to describe. I never heard that. That's wild. Right. So I watched a couple of interviews with him and Conan, and it was just really cool to hear that because I was like, oh, that's very similar to how I do this. So I, I will hear an instrumental, and I will immediately associate it with a color. And that color is associated with an emotion or a mood or a vibe. <clears throat> so I figure out what that is. Um, oranges, yellows are really poppy and, you know, happy and whatever. Dark blues and purples. It's dark purples, they're like, you know, very moody and darker. And um, reds are very, very aggressive. And, like, sure. you know, sure. different color or I just, I just see this basically like auras and type of shit it's weird um now I dig it it's uh so the artists are weird man oh you were weird as shit um <laughs> that's why we're artists uh right and so I basically almost see the music video in my head before I write any lyrics at all and I basically just like start describing that's interesting what I see. that's interesting and I pretty much basically take the image of what I see break it down into words and then I 
I take that, my listeners take those same words and repaint that same image for themselves. That's very structured. I mean, like, and honestly, I I appreciate that you do have a structure like that because you'll hear it a lot, um, especially because every fucking comedian has a podcast. So, like, you can get a trillion podcasts, and there's something I've heard almost every single time throughout this. How do you write? Like, what are your jokes, man? Like, how do you, what's your process? You know, that Hollywood shit. But so many of them are either like, well, like, they're very rogan about it, where they sit down and they're like, well, I write for three hours every day on my on my laptop, and then I and then I edit it down. Or some people, uh, like I've heard, are, are very much like, I don't, I don't write shit. I just come up with it and then try not to forget it and then write that down. But having a structured process, and I don't let you go, I apologize, but yeah, having a structured process is much more my vibe. So yeah. you're actually one of the first people that's been able to give me a straight up answer yeah, like that. Yeah, well, I think that a big difference is kind of what you described with like comedy is like, I don't think that we understand the process that goes through like um, a uh, newer comedian. Okay, you know yeah. the process of these famous comedians where they only have to focus on the artistry. They don't got to focus on the marketing. They got a marketing team. They have a PR team. They have all that stuff out there. They got someone who handles all their social media and they just basically press play and let everything happen. So, right. Um, I think that a big thing that, uh, that artists that are, um, you know, that are at the local level and, or even, you know, like I don't consider myself a local rapper because I've done shows and no, you've done. I think just you know, I, peripherally, still, I still live in my hometown, yes, but like you know, you've I'm, done enough to bust your chops, man. I would I say tell so, you that. but I mean, there's also still people here that I that are and you know, pretty much in my direct circle that you know have accomplished more than I have, which is super motivating. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely, and that's the right um, attitude. But with where I'm at, I'm all about expanding my audience. So that's why um, when my album drops, you'll notice I have like five features on it with all different artists that are in different markets that are, as far as I'm concerned, you know, doper than me. (laughs) They're all really, really good. So, um, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to do that because, you know, it just opens up a lot of doors that normally wouldn't be because at the point that I am in my career, I don't want to make an album by myself. Yeah. Um, not because I, I mean, I'm, I honestly probably would get bored of it and I want to make music cause I'm still entertained by it. But like, I, you know, I don't, st- I, I don't really stand to gain anything by making an album for people that have already, you know, I already have my fans. So like, I'm going to, every time I do a show, I'm going to make new fans. And like, I, you know, when I came in here, I gave you a business card and yeah. my QR code and shit on so you can find all my stuff. So, Smart you know, I've always done stuff like that, but like, <clears throat> you, I'm under, I'm understanding really what the marketing is aspect that goes into this and how that's something that, that I think that the team that you've surrounded yourself with because I know them peripherally I mean hell the whole reason you're sitting here in the studio is because the shout out nice enough Strawstone reached out and was Straw yeah. reached out and was like I, I got someone you. yeah cheers cheers pal because I've been um, I've been rocking with nice enough for I mean myself when they put those mixed genre shows on I've played a couple of them with them and I uh, you Can know you Jay, festival together you know, I played with uh, like C10 and J Influential are the only two I can remember that were on the bill that I played. Was it the last festival? Was it the Four Winds Festival? Not that one though. Okay. I was there. Oh, okay. I was there, but I wasn't. Nice. I wasn't there. Okay. You know what I mean? yeah, 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 we performed for that one. That was a lot of fun, man. That was a blast. I saw the and like and you have Jay on a couple of shows too. But yeah, like I said, not just to yeah, not just to ride. Show. So, Fuck yeah, dude! Shout out J Influential, buddy. Yeah, big dog. Big yeah. <laughs> Um, but like I said, this the, the whole thing is that I think that this Midwest culture that's been going on lately, and not like I'm the gatekeeper, but I've noticed that from ISO exploding out of the city with Tebow here in Omaha mm-hmm. 
to Nice Enough Rockin' Back and Forth in Between Lincoln and Strange Music Showing Love Everywhere. This, The Midwest is starting to become undeniable, I believe, in a, in, in a fucking way. Like, There's straight some fucking up. fucking monsters here, dude. We have some heat. Serious we have weight. monsters. And I think that the crew that you have been surrounding yourself with, like you were saying, these people that you love making music Mm -hmm. with and like inspire you to push yourself and explode. Like there's a big part of a movement that I think that you, that namely you and a few other people are right on the wave of pushing these towns to the forefront of saying, we're nothing to be fucked with and we should be heard, which is good, obviously. But you know, respect is earned. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is given by any means, of course. So I'm not saying anybody deserves shit. But what I've been, what I've seen is this big, um, I guess, I don't want to say collaboration, but theme, theme of a, a lot of people helping each other around here yeah, and talking nice. about mental health yeah. and talking about like kind of like pain and really doing a good job. Like, I don't want to say the Midwest style is storytelling because that's, that's essentially rap in general, but. I'd like to say that what I've noticed out of like some of the heavier hitters and some of the big players that have come out of here is real, genuine, almost just poetry in yeah, a way. Absolutely, dude. These motherfuckers are talented. It's well, I'd crazy. Put yourself in there too, oh, man. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, those guys are the the, the people that are on the nice enough roster. Um, you know, like, and I happen to be one of the uh, uh, ad not admins ambassadors for Nice Enough Entertainment, so. Um, you know, that was an honor, especially to be up there with those cats, too, because those guys are just amazing at what they do, mm-hmm. and they've been doing it for a while, too, so the coolest part is is constantly seeing the growth. Like, you hear them, and I've been fans of them for, you know, pretty much since I met them, you know, a couple, couple people I've known for a couple years, and, you know, a couple people I've known for, like, you know, since the last year and stuff, but, like, I'm fans of their music. You know, and so it's cool to see them continuously progress, and you're just like, oh shit, like you just can keep outdoing yourself. So it's cool. Like, you know, it's, so, it's, it's wild to see. Yeah, dude, it's motivating and, you know, it's inspiring, and it's just, you know, it's it's cool for the culture. It's, it's great for what we got going here, because, like, you know, Omaha and Lincoln, like, we're not different, you know? Not much, no. No, not really. We're 45 minutes from each other. Yeah. So. We're about to annex a sir, one day, man. a suburb of that shit, dude. Yeah. There's just a few farms in between, really. It's a speedy drive down I-80. But, yeah, it's so, I mean, I was, like, one of the other questions I was going to ask, but, like, you're, like I've said a couple of times already, you're, your life is already from what I've learned peripherally through it has already kind of answered a few questions of these for me. Um, but like when it comes to the storytelling and some of the stuff that's obviously already a big portion of your writing, something I notice is you seem not just seem, you are very well rounded. Oh, appreciate it, dude. Um, I try to be, I try to be, I try to be versatile, man. Cause I just, not even in my music, but like just in life, I don't want to just be like good at one thing. I hate outsourcing for things and there's so many things that go into being successful um, you know and uh, so many things that go into being successful and it's not it's such a small percentage of it is artistry so like, that's I'm true I'm just trying to learn everything that I can that, I think that's something that's that as you grow older and you get more experienced you learn but half the trick obviously is who you know well sure but yeah. how do you know them where do you get there? How do you open doors and not burn bridges like inadvertently just by doing things wrong? I think that 
lately, like I said, between just seeing how you market yourself and a, a bunch of other people in this day and age, um, Jay Crum here out of Omaha, like he he actually did, he made my album cover. He really did. Yes, dude, he's so dope. I was about to ask if that was like Shout right where Jay I was. Crum, dude. dude, he is a true visionary. That guy, like he, yeah. We, if you're listening to this, you know. <laughs> say, I don't have to. I don't have to ride the man. He oh, he'll okay, dude. He'll tell you on his music alone exactly who he is and what he does. Yep. But um, did, so it's kind of gathering this because, like I said, you're well, you're pretty well rounded. Like it's something that I listening to even the three singles you gave me to kind of prep for this a, a little while ago, um, like Lemons and uh, Lobotomy and Mount Olympus being the namely the three wildly different songs. Yes, wildly different styles. Um, one thing that I. Um, to get in kind of more in the meat of this, let's let's do some actual promo for this album, right? <laughs> Is all three of these songs not only are wildly different, um, all the way back to the instrumentals that lay behind it. Sure, there's a trap kit beat, but that doesn't like each one of them like, leads leads a different pattern. Are 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 you? Um, I guess not to give away any of the secrets necessarily, but like, are you involved with the instrumental beat writing a lot of the time? And now that you have a live band, like you were saying, yeah, or is it? Yeah, <clears throat> so. Surprise, Shorty. Uh, <laughs> no, so basically, the album was produced before I actually had any band members. So, okay. um, there's a couple songs on there that have live instrumentals, um, you know, parts to the overall beat, but, you know, you can't really make an 808 sound with drum kit. No. You know what I'm saying? So, no. um, at this point, they're basically have learned how to basically just rock the fuck out with me and make it sound beautiful and then the projects going forward are going to have their live instrumentations in it with my producer who is going to add the rest of everything else in so we're going to build around very orchestral in a way like it fucking cool dude that is cool because even from like the start of lobotomy that has like a bit i believe that's one has a little bit of guitar Mm -hmm. yeah it has a guitar at the very beginning really sick riff nice smooth playing a little electronic behind it mm-hmm. like that's the first thing that grabbed me about your music obviously because I, I myself being more of an instrumentalist because I, I I'm not a poet I can't write lyrics man okay, I, I do this to yeah, let it out because I can babble for an hour and a mic <laughs> but that being said it, it always fascinates me because I'm not someone who writes lyrics or uh, rhymes or po- like writes poetry very well often it would seem to me like I said like being able to write the instrumentals first and build something around it but be, being as you mentioned in your kind of in your process in a way is that you already have a concept and a thought and it comes from feeling instead yeah does that translate generally right into the instrumentals first or do the words come first i don't think it really matters because i'm sure it's subjective because like yeah it depends it really depends on the song because like if it's like an up tempo like really aggressive like okay let's go in on this song I'll usually start freestyling and just figure out like okay that was dope or uh, I can take that concept and work with it and okay cool I have an idea of where I'm going yeah um, but like musician the, more, the musician. more emotional songs will like when I hear it I'll know exactly what I'm writing about and it's my bless yeah yeah there's so much on my plate that it's hard to eat So much excitement surrounded by these fakes Trying to take a seat But I can see they fork tongues through their lines And I ain't trying to own a gun just to hold my peace Damn, I need a vacation so I can escape from this hate Not from anybody but myself and this amazing Like I'm living with a whole other person inside my basement I'm just trying to chill and relax But they just gotta say shit like 
like, like why you invaded my space? You ain't named Zim and this ain't a goddamn spaceship. People see my success and instantly try to taste it. But they don't realize I barely got the recipe to make it. And these ingredients, they far from basic. They tainted with fake faces. They weigh you down, it's like a wet blanket. So face it, you either face it or you let it consume you up on the daily. Man, I swear to God, it's human nature. I just want peace in the Zen garden. Focus on my chief, I'm a high powers where the stars are. Call me the North Star, cause wise don't wanna follow it. It flow like a car show, cause every day I'm polishing. Hey, bro, that's how you supposed to do this shit, bro. Hold on, plus. What does it stop a daughter talk? We're not worried about that, man. You know what we on? We lift the weights right now. Keep on working we through the flaws. Let the motherfuckers catch up. <laughs> we steady stacking up the You quiet. see that paper stacking? You see the paper plates? Hey, Bliss, man. Keep on pushing first, on me. Shit, bro. Every day, man, I'm pushing past my limits. When life is handing me lemons, I make juice like it's my main mission. Replenish my soul, cause I refuse to be the slain victim, especially if it's in my control. And I just aim different shit. So I ain't taking shots at nobody. Hold up, shit. That don't mean I'm your buddy. Show buddies at best. The difference between me and y'all, I flex on the rest. But I know how to invest. See this pearly white smile, yep, I'm up on my crest. And I ain't peaked yet. My life a movie, but there's no offset. And I don't drink Cardi, so it won't offset. This delicate balance I work to protect, I'm blessed. Yeah. Hey, Bliss, we laughing these motherfuckers right now. What does it stop a daughter to talk? car. It's the difference between a pace car and a race car. I don't think you're running the race like we're running, you feel me? Or three. Hey, I'm telling you, this our year. Steady you know stacking what I'm up the quad. We on the ground like bad knees, bro. Get your Keep shit together. Keep on pushing, homie, almost at the top. This episode of the Weekly Geekly is brought to you by Voodoo's Odd Shops, 1323 Martha Street, just south of downtown Omaha. It is the coolest, the creepiest, the weirdest stuff that you can find. Oddities, trust me, it's worth the drive in if you're anywhere near Omaha at all. 1323 Martha Street, Voodoo's Odd Shops. Tell them we sent you. This episode is also brought to you by InkPoisoningApparel.com. Use the promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K, and you'll get 25% off your whole damn order. That's right. If you like like stuff that's on tattoo artistry, tarot cards, creepy, weird, just like our style exactly is. If you're looking for apparel that fits your vibe, they got you covered. InkPoisoningApparel.com, promo code GEEK, all capitals, G-E-E-K, 25% off your order, you heard? Before we hop right back into the interview, I did want to point out, obviously, you guys hear a little bit of echo. I do apologize. That's my job as a producer to make sure we're not dealing with any of that. That being said, we were live on Facebook for some of this, and I couldn't tell that it was doubling some of the audio. So if you're getting some displacement, I do apologize. We'll edit it out by the end. Thanks for sticking with us. Now, back to the show. You have to read my code. Right, exactly. Um, you know, so I mean, that's it's a little bit different, but I mean, like, I always have an idea with where I'm going to go. Nice. So a couple of, like, a few of my favorite, like, cause listening through a couple of your albums, I was like, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, a few of the reasons that I liked a few of these songs, um, I was looking through a bunch of your videos, first of all, and they were a few years ago. So one of the questions I want to ask before we get to kind of like what's next for you, what's coming up besides the shows and the album, but... 
Do you have any other videos, like, that, songs that you see a video for then now already that you want yeah, to work on? Or yeah, you maybe yeah, have yeah. in the works? The only hard part about doing an album with a lot of features is being able to do the videos for it. Okay. Especially when they're in different markets. Yeah. That's the difficult part. But um, I can tell you that I do have a couple music videos that um, are in the idea stage, and I'm basically just getting together the finances and just putting money down in it. That's always the Getting fucking throw, of course. Yeah. So, but the, the the three or four videos I saw on your YouTube channel and one shared by the media group that uh, may, uh, maybe did it, um, wildly good quality, first of all. Yeah, was it Go? Yeah. Yeah, Go was, Go was, Go was the first one that I saw, absolutely. And then Royal Flush was the one right after that. That, that was fun, Honestly, I think of all the songs of yours, I think that one might be my favorite, man. It's smooth. It's so smooth. It was, it was a good song. It really was. Um... I mean, like, I'm super, um, I pick apart all my work. So, like... Well, you gotta be critical. Of course. So, like, I look at that verse, and I'm like, I was just kind of everywhere across the, the, the board with that whole verse, just how I structured it. Now, I don't do that anymore. But, like, the bars are always there. They're clever. They're funny. They're entertaining. And, like, the, the music video really made the song, because I'm pushing around D-Trap in a... Clearly, a kid's race car <laughs> shopping cart eating sushi, going up and down, and it was funny because there's a couple pieces uh, in in the, the video that if you stop them, you can see people are just fucking furious. Because there's one guy who we were we walked in so like uh, in Lincoln on 70th of Pioneers, there's a high V. So the high V's you know big uh, uh, rectangle. So we walk in this door with literally like me and him and like three camera people. And we walk in and then literally like start walking around to figure out where the sushi's at. And then we get up to this side of the store and by that time there's like three managers come up like, what are you guys doing? What are you fucking like, doing hey, here? Well, we were really wondering if we could shoot a music video in here. We'll be super respectful. We won't make a mess. We won't bother anybody. Um, we just want to shoot a music video in here and just eat some sushi. We'll pay for everything. Um, come on, man. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. Just don't use hy name. They literally were like, yeah, that's fine. And I was like, cool. So we literally... That's dope. Yeah, they were super, super compliant and it was awesome. And yeah, we went in there and we were in one of the aisles and I remember there was a guy, like we were like on this side of the aisle and there was a guy all the way at the end and it's a decently long aisle or whatever. And he pulls in and sees us and he goes, oh, throws his hands up in the air and just goes around to the next aisle. <laughs> Like, fucking shut up, get your go around and get your cereal in a minute, bud. Who cares, bro? Go get your fucking frosted mini meats in a different aisle. Like, That's fucking funny, man. No, that the music was hilarious and like the silk robe looking deal and that like. Was fun. We, I literally bought silk kimonos for fifteen bucks <laughs> on Amazon. It was cool. I still have mine actually. I'll dude, never get rid of that thing. That's dude, fuck no, it's too smooth. Comfortable as shit. You know what I'm saying? It's so comfortable. It's silk, bro. Like I pretty, I don't know if it's real silk, but that motherfucker feels great. Bathe me in the finest, dude. Literally, <laughs> and it was the best part was when we were shooting in because we shot in Casey's Imperial Palace in front. Of I saw the pull up in front of Casey's. Yeah, <laughs> so we pulled up in front of Casey's Imperial Palace and High V. And then, so when we were in uh, Casey's, when we were in the parking lot, like walking in and then walking out, we had people filming us on their phones that were getting gas while we were filming on the actual camera. On the fucking actual yeah, shit. Yeah, it was cool as shit. So I wish we had outtakes in that, like in the video, because I literally sitting, okay. So for all y'all, go watch the music video. It's hilarious. It's called Royal Flush. It's YouTube, my name, Johnny Bliss, Royal Flush. And I'm sitting there on the toilet, right? And you'll see I have my, my phone sitting in my lap. 
And because it needs to, like, for those of you who don't know the process of making a music video, you have to play the song out loud so that way when he's editing, he can hear where the song audio needs to go with the visual and he can just time everything up. Right. So I'm playing the song out loud on my phone and I'm wadding up a piece of toilet paper and I'm, like, just, you know, yeah. ridiculously throwing it and my phone falls straight into the toilet. Oh, playing man. Playing full blast music, dude, right? And it's super gross, but, like, I literally didn't have money to get a new phone. First things first, I cleaned the shit out of that fucking. Oh no, I'm I'm put my hand in doo doo, bro. You I, need it. Well, I clean. Well, here's here's what's gross. I haven't gotten into it yet. Because I, I cleaned the shit out of the bathroom just right around where I was gonna be in, because I knew we were gonna be filming in there, and it's like a Casey's gas station. So I was like, whatever, flushed it like 18 times, wiped everything down, whatever. Yeah. And so I dropped the phone in, and I shit you not, I grabbed the phone, and I grabbed the fucking audio port, and I suck all the fucking water out of the charging port and the audio port in my phone and I'm bringing it out right and that phone still worked bro it was disgusting I was yeah. I saved my phone because I didn't gotta, have money to get a new fucking that's phone. fucking survival mode my it guy it was it was so gross but I still did it like well fuck yeah you did couldn't taste anything it was fucking water but it was still just like the idea of being the like, idea is ass oh, bro oh duty water no <laughs> no dude no I'm with you ready that's <laughs> so you fucking know, funny so, though yeah but that was a fucking that was a good time hey raw move I, I, I respect it actually 100% I do like I got work to do oh, and I'm not fucking around hilarious dude <laughs> so um another uh live a lavish life I, I live big life big life <laughs> I, I, I marked down three songs I kind of wanted to uh, give people a feel because I mean like obviously they, they listen to the show then they have an idea they watch me Twitch stream and all that of kind of what I jam to and what I like so I mean Royal Flush is what Fresh Royal Flush is one of the ones that I enjoy the most uh, Moon Dwelling was another song that I really enjoyed um, it was just raw feeling yeah. I felt like it was just yeah just because uh, like I, I started off listening to nothing but Little Wayne I pissed off all of my high school friends <laughs> I had an mp3 cd with 163 Little Wayne songs Jeez. on that motherfucker and that was in my cd player because I was the one who drove around everywhere you were the one like, with the car I in high school I didn't hop yeah well I didn't hop in with anyone else I was, was the best driver out of everybody and I had a Toyota Camry. I had the best subs. I got three 12-inch JL Dub 3s in the back. I'll tell you, you a little story those here. Those gangsters. So they were, man. And the loudest subs at school. What's up, dude? Uh, <laughs> loudest subs at the school and fucking just, I didn't trust anyone else was driving. Like, if we were getting fucked up, I was the one who was driving because you're yeah. dumb. You don't pay attention to what you're doing. Nah. Because um, cell phones, like, you know, smartphones weren't really a thing back then, so no one was really texting and driving. 100%. Um, so, you know, but... So, I mean, like, back in the day, I was always the one that, um, I luckily had a car, and I felt the same way. I was like, yo, if we're going to be going anywhere, I'm driving. We literally called it the dojo, because, like, it was a Chevy Trailblazer. (laughs) Chevy Trailblazer, seats always down. That exact blanket that you're sitting on on top of this thing, laid out in the back 24-7, just like, you know, the chill mobile. But I I very much understand that, but it's, it's... it's something that I, I I liked that song quite a bit. It gave it reminded me of the same kind of thing. I was talking a lot about soul searching, just kind of like yeah, being going through experiences. I felt to me it reminded me of like just don't regret shit in yeah, a way. No, no, definitely. Because like I I spent a lot of my life up until I was about twenty one, twenty two, being people pleaser. Always been a yes man. Like I was afraid to stand up to myself in any relationship. I was afraid to have a differentiating opinion from anyone. Um, was always trying to be a peacekeeper around everybody. 
Basically, I spent all of my time and energy trying to regulate everyone else's emotions but my own. And then when I got on my own, I was like, okay, now what do I do? And it's like, oh, you got to regulate your own. You're like, okay. Yeah. Adulthood. I got to do some shit on my own, man. Yeah, yeah no, I know, feel that. There's a lot of life lessons and stuff to be had. And, um, as weird as it is, like, I know that, like, your sign doesn't really mean shit, but, like, I'm a Pisces and I'm a very emotional person. Just across the spectrum, happy, sad, whatever it is. I'm very, yeah. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So, um, you know, I... I have done a lot of things that are, you know, nothing truly terrible, but regrettable. And, you know, you just live through all those life lessons. And then when you realize they're like, oh, like, this is the whole reason I went through that bullshit experience for me to get to this moment. Now you were like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. See why I went through that. That shit sucked. But the hardest part was taking myself out of that immediate moment and focusing on the future. Um... So I just basically learned to be blindly optimistic no matter what negative thing was thrown at me because I, I know myself really well and I have a tendency to dwell on negative things. So yeah. if I can't find some sort of positive spin on it, then I'm fucked. So I always try and find a way to anything that's negative. I mean, obviously, in like a death, there's really nothing positive that comes out of that, you know, but... <clears throat> Most things that... Learning, are, growth, and understanding. Yeah, yeah. So there's just a lot that, you know, that I learned in my life, and I feel like I'm pretty wise through my experiences. I'm still a human being and make mistakes, but, um, you know, the last two years, um, especially since my um, fiancé came into the picture, um, yeah. I, I learned a lot about being a better parent and just being a little bit more empathetic and sympathetic to, you know, not even just like kids and stuff, but just like to other people's situations. Yeah. Um, well, that's good, man. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah. So it just really opened up my, my eyes to a lot of like real world shit that I didn't necessarily live with in my immediate realm. So I was kind of like, a, I wasn't an anxious kid, um, but I was always worried. spoke to me and did the most to me and the first one I liked just because it was musically smooth with Royal Flush the Moon Dwelling I felt like it kind of between all the things that I've listened of yours and the things you sent me had the most just like raw feeling just kind of putting your heart out on the line and then this one in Lemons I wrote down Declaration of Person and just kind of it just kind of seemed like something where maybe not like forever this is what I'm going to be but this is what I'm feeling yeah this is who this I, is am. I am right now yeah yeah this is, this is the journey the path yeah, that I'm I've on been, uh, it's you know, it's so funny. You're like, I'm not the same person I was. And I always used to be like, no shit. Yes, you are. I know. <laughs> yeah, you are. But like, I'm, I, I, I am, but my perspective has changed. That's a big thing that I'm open to now is changing my perspective because that's, that's all life is, is pers- different perspectives. So you have something fucking truly terrible happen to you. Okay. You choose to have your perspective on it. If you can find a positive perspective to have on it. 
you can find your way to mend through that much quicker than only focusing on the negatives. Now, if there's only negative things to be had, and again, death is obviously like the far end of the spectrum, but when you're able to find different perspectives and just learn from people, like my my fiance, and I, I bring her up a lot because she's helped me grow as a human. Yeah. Not just a dad and boyfriend and her fiance and whatever, blah, blah, but as a human because I grew up around 14 shades of white people and she grew up in you know, with a fucking uh, hood in Jacksonville, Duval, <laughs> uh, and in Jacksonville and in Arizona, and like she. But perspective grew, is everything. Yeah, she grew up around a lot of different types of people, and I didn't. And so, you know, like I, growing up around, you know, like I said, fourteen different shades of fucking white people. Um, you know, you don't really learn a lot about the rest of the world, and then when you have these, uh, I guess, perspectives or opinions about things, and then when you when you see the flip side of the coin, and I mean, yeah, she's white too, but she's much more cultured than I have ever been, and I learn a lot about just other things that I normally wouldn't via her because of her being around, you know, different types of people and their perspectives now. Like, I'm not saying, like, my best friend is Steez, he's black, so, like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, I don't just hang out with white people, like, I, I'm, I, I don't want this to be portrayed as me being like, well, I only like white people. <laughs> no. I went to East High School. I won't like, clip any of that out, I promise. I won't no, isolate no, 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 the, no, 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 I won't isolate the track. <laughs> I, just grew, I just grew up around nothing but really white kids, and even the fucking, the, the uh, people of color that were at my school were all fucking whitewashed. Yeah. So there was no culture to be had. So then when you, like, especially being a white rapper who grew up middle class, white kid in a rock background, basically, like, did not having a place in this when mm-hmm. you were starting, you know, I, had, I, I learned, like, a lot about, like, just the culture of not even just hip hop, but, like, just the African American community and, like, sure. how I have to pay my respects to be a part of the hip hop community. Well, that's not definitely you know af- saying, so. affirmable. I mean, it's, it's something that I... Like I said, peripherally, would only hope to understand, first of all. Um, but being as someone that I'm really not in the rap community whatsoever, it does seem, obviously, though, that there is some sort of, um, I don't want to say homage that needs to be paid because you pay your own dues and, you, and respect is earned. But at the same time, yeah, perspective is fucking everything, man. So being able to recognize who you are and where you come from, everyone struggles. Uh, something that like my, my wife taught me quite a bit was that, you know, it's important that you compare yourself to others, obviously, in a way so that you gain perspective. Being like, and a very extreme example would be like, obviously, well, I don't have it as bad as, as kids in where the fuck ever that are war torn. But it doesn't mean that your individual struggles and feelings shouldn't be validated to grow the person that you are because perspective being everything. You are told that life could be worse, but when you're a kid, how the fuck do you know? You don't. You, you have don't. No idea. And so then, once you get I have to a be clue. right, even in your teenage years, and start to kind of grasp the world for what it is and get a little bit more heady, it doesn't lend itself um, to growth directly. But I think that over time, what ends up happening is as you gain that perspective and you realize culture, people that are grown up around just other types of people, whether it be people of color or people of culture or people of whatever, really allows you to not just grow faster, right. mature faster. Nice. And that, and that, and that <clears throat> maturity is what allows you then to kind of bring this full circle, yeah. easily pay that homage and ignorance, like easily understand. Ignorance kills a lot of positivity, bro. Very much so. 
it's just it's it's a shame that there's that because people are different than someone else not even skin color none of that shit just think about let's say 20 years ago oh you listen to rap oh you must be like this person oh right. you listen to rock music oh. right you know I'm like what like because I'm different and my opinions are different than you and I maybe put my pants on and my <laughs> left leg at a time like first and then you put your right leg how in fucking for, dare you you know exactly so it's like because we're a little bit different it doesn't mean that like you have you you have something cut a major artery and you need blood and I give you blood and we're different are you not gonna take that cause I'm different no of course I'm not I, maybe I'm on the different side of the fucking uh, political spectrum or I'm not a super religious person and you are are you gonna hold that against me who fucking cares right I I totally 100% fucking agree I think people get really blindsided and that's one thing that rap music and specifically hip hop rap I mean fucking R&B hip hop all of it has really done a fantastic job and even fuck we just saw like the whole that whole I don't I could assume how you feel about the Super Bowl performance I thought it was great phenomenal obviously if it was kind of made for people like us right around this age group not only was it a flashback to like you know not even just my generation's teen years fucking but like you know the people before us but to see that type of stage presence and that sort of production to go into that mm-hmm. was on that level phenomenal. Yeah. Justin fucking made a post at Strawstone and was like well, is it anyone else just me besides there was like that they're like we need to step our fucking stage presence it's like I need to do we need more production value here it's just like, I need yeah, something because obviously do. there's a reason people are paying hundreds of dollars to see this because yeah, it's that was, that was super cool one thing that like I, I mean like I learned early was that anybody I mean like obviously the music has to kind of slap in the car it needs to be produced it needs to be mastered you need to put your art and your heart behind your craft but it's one thing to have a bop in the car, meaning that like you can just drive around and headbang or do whatever to it and you like feel good and get hyped up. But if you go see that person and they're wandering around on the stage, like not seeming like they give half a fuck or like kind of awkward, it's the harder part of um, being an artist is like the actual like, all right, now it's time, get out there. And right. I think that a lot of people don't necessarily shy away from it, but there's a reason it's called a fucking show. Like, Anybody can go and make not anybody, but anybody that already has made great music. I guess I'll put it this way. I think that qualifier out there can have that hit in the car or on a stereo system auditorially. It's another thing to pay extra money to hear something you already know and already want to hear and go there and have it be fucking boring to watch. Yes. Because then why didn't I just listen to my car yeah. when every car nowadays the has the banging ass sound system been, that's, well, that's literally it's a my show thought process inside before I even did a show like keep in mind my first show my first time I ever stepped foot on stage was it a fucking was it Sokol Auditorium at the Macklemore fucking sold out show yo I opened literally I know I talked about I think I talked about this in the last podcast but I'll talk I'll tell, tell the story again so Please do. me and my friend Ben we last minute got free tickets to go along with these three chicks that he knew. Like we, I, we both knew him, but like he basically was like, hey, you want to go with me to this Macklemore show? Sure. Didn't drive. We drove up there, carpool with the chicks. And they're huge Macklemore fans. And me and Ben are like, yeah, he's cool. Like, we don't really know him. This is like when that uh, thrift store yeah, was on. Yeah, I'm going to take your grandpa's swag or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's not. That's not <laughs> came out. He was doing a nationwide tour. It was so cool. 
And so we get up here at like two and we're like 10th in line. And the show doesn't start. Mm. The doors don't open until like seven, eight. So we're up here for hours. We're just right. dinking around, right? Goofing next to the Burger King. Right. So, you know, <laughs> if you know how a circle's set up, we're right at the front door. Um, and then you go down, and then there's that parking lot that opens up. And it's usually taped off because there's like. Just to the north of the building, yeah. Yeah, just north of the building, right? <clears throat> so we're like right up by the door, and our car is parked catty corner right across the street. And then people are lining up and whatever, and it's maybe three. Four o'clock, maybe, and Ben decides to walk down and he's smoking a cigarette. And he decides to walk down towards the end of the line and shit. And he sees um, somebody that we both know um, snapping photography. Dude was from Lincoln. And Ben was just like, What's up, dude? And that guy was just basically like, Fuck you. I don't know you right now. Right. Acting <laughs> super cool. And D1, who is a uh, Christian rapper from Louisiana, he's super, super good, too. Um, he uh, he basically seen the whole interaction as he's taking drum kits and stuff inside for his set. Right. So after he unloads the tour bus and stuff, he comes back out and he finds us in line. Basically, we're like, hey, fuck that guy. I can't stand when these photographers who get a press badge come back here and act like they're all fucking goody two-shoe. Like, you're not a part of the tour. You're here for one fucking show. Like, cool. Yeah. You're here with ten other people. Don't have an attitude. Yeah, don't fucking be entitled, dude. And uh, comes up to us and says, hey, do you guys know a, a cheap taxi service that we can that I can take? So he's like, we got to print off some merch. And we're like, uh, we're not from here, but our car is right there. And it literally was probably... 20 feet that way. Yeah. Just right across the street. We got a great parking spot just right on the fucking corner because it's, it's literally right across. That's 2 p.m. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so <laughs> we're like, dude, we'll take you. And he's like, you sure? We're like, yeah, dude, absolutely. So it was looking up as like, you know, 20, 25 minutes down the highway to get to like FedEx Kinko's. So we're driving down the highway. And at this point, I'd made like maybe three to six in that area songs. Like hadn't made much, didn't have mm-hmm. any material, but like, you know, had some punchlines and some bars and like understood at this point like how to stay on beat and rap um so he's like we basically end up going to fedex kinko's with him get inside and me and ben are kind of just looking around looking at everything and he's ordering a bunch of shirts and all sorts of shit he's basically picking all this shit up and uh so um we end up going and sitting we end up getting dinner with him and he ends up having a guy from like i think hip-hop dx i don't know if that's the exact magazine but it was a big online hip-hop blog magazine that came this guy came and interviewed him and we just sat there at the table like a big long booth with him we just ate and just kind of sat that's there. dope yeah it was cool so then on our way back he's like hey i've been doing this for um for the tour i've been bringing someone up on stage to uh, freestyle uh during a song and he's like I have a song with Manny Fresh and what I do is I cut out Manny Fresh's verse from the song and I just have you fill it in so if, for everyone out there who's okay. not a rapper or all my the people who are rappers who are going to listen to this um, basically if you have a 12 bar verse and you break it up into 1, 2, 3, 4 etc on the 4 the 8 and the 12 the beat drops so it's completely empty so you hit your punchline heavy like you got some dope shit to say you really hammer in that punchline so I, uh, he sends me the song and I'm listening to it and I'm like, okay, I know what, like, I know what I'm going to kind of, what I'm going to do. And so, um, I'd love to sit here and say that I freestyled, <laughs> but I didn't. I had a song that was basically the same BPM 
that fit perfectly, so I didn't have hey. to change anything. To well, it hasn't been put out there. No one, you know. It was, <laughs> like, yeah. it was, I don't even remember anything that I said. It was just like some. It was just like some catchy, you know. Especially at the time, like just dope punchlines that were easy to grasp, and that I, I basically showcased. I, I don't know how to stay a beat and rap. Sick. Uh, but so I'm basically. And what age was this? I was. Before I kid, I was 23, 24, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 23, 24 in that area. Yeah, my first time ever basically doing a show. Um, and I was in front of 1,200 people. Yeah, for fuck's sake. Nuts, dude. That sounds like, right. what, what so, age again? Like, right, so we get back and uh, we get back to the venue and we had to park a, you know, a little ways away. And we, um, he's like, all right, um, make your way to the front so I can find you when I go up on stage. Because uh, I think there was, I don't know if he was the first actor, if there was one guy before him, I think, but I was up. Up, up against the guardrail to the to the right of the stage and so basically he comes out and does his thing and I think it was like halfway through the city he's like alright you know like I want to bring someone randomly out of the crowd or whatever and so he like looks at me and then he goes walks across the stage this way looks at someone over here goes back this way and comes back and looks at me he's like alright you come up on so my heart is beating out of my fucking, fucking chest. mind, yeah, dude. Like, I am freaking out because this is... Like, all fuck is actually happening. Like, I knew it was going to happen. And everyone is just rowdy and excited, right? So I'll never forget. I go to the right, and then I go around this barricade through security, and I go up these steps around the back. And then I the, once you get to the top of the stage, there's a curtain here, and then you come out the curtain, and here's the crowd. Right. Um, so I get to the... I walk, I'm walking up the steps, and I'm literally about to shit my pants. And I get to the top of the, the, the stage. The moment I put my foot on there, all that fucking anxiety and fear leaves. I'm just amped. I'm ready to fucking ready go. To go. I'm like, this is happening. You better embrace the fuck out of this. You better go hard as shit. This is your one chance. Do something with this. And it overtakes me like I'm a fucking rock star. Because I'll never forget my dad, when I first told That's my the attitude. Mom, when I first told him that I wanted to actually rap and do something with it, he goes you know what man he goes it might not be rock music or whatever because if you want people to look at you like a rock star you be a fucking rock star you be that rock star you hell people, yeah you want people to be like oh he's a rock star be it hell yeah so I was like fuck yeah so I went up on stage and I remember there was people with their arms crossed being like man well they're bringing this kid up here man and it's just like okay and then I remember him he's rapping and like keep in mind like this is just recollection from me having my heartbeat through my chest and just like adrenaline so like my memory of I don't remember every detail of it but like he starts rapping does his thing and the hook comes on and then here comes my part and I literally can remember the people like going from arms crossed glaring at me to when I start rapping and I hit that first punchline first four four and the beat drops and I hit it they go Oh, oh shit! Okay. Like, just completely, just like literally, just like a wave of people this. are so jaded, and but it's it the fucking best, like, man. Because yes, when you feel that, when you win so that, cool, dude. Because I remember I had a show in like two weeks back in Lincoln, and I ended up selling a bunch of tickets and just shit. I, you know, I think maybe a couple people came out, but a bunch of people bought tickets. Yeah. Of of those people who bought tickets, I think maybe a few showed up, but they were just drunk and happy to support. And that was, was cool. I was. It was the so dopest, fucking man. humbling and cool. And like to this day, um, I used to stay in touch with D One on Twitter, but I just deleted my Twitter because I just 
don't can't care. handle the fucking Twitterverse, bro. Bullshit. Yeah, dude, Twitter's the one thing that, like, as much as people tell me to fuck with them, I'm like, nah. No, I don't have a desire to fuck I with them. I never had one, man. If that prevents me from blowing up, blow me. Straight the fuck up, dude. Care, dude. Already, already doing enough. No, that's a fucking but awesome yeah, we, story, we, man. That's day one on yeah, this. That's cool, dude. That um, is a cool ass story, dude. I actually just did an interview with an online magazine um, with, uh, her name is uh, Brutal Doodles. Um, oh, she's word. actually going to be coming out and doing live painting um, for my show at the at the gig on the eleventh. Yeah, should should yeah. plug that again um, yeah, for so, those of you in the area. It's at the Bourbon Theater in Lincoln on Friday, March eleventh. Um, but yeah, if you want, I don't. I know I saw in the build Jay Influential again, like you were yeah, saying. So but basically, Young Steez, Jay Influential. Um, uh, let's see, Chris Topher. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, here. grab 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 it up while you do that. I got I got some other stuff. No worries. Because that's kind of the next thing I was uh, I was gonna kind of roll it to. Because we we definitely definitely uh, dug into kind of where you got your where you got your style, kind of where you grabbed your influences from. And did you have a few favorite rappers growing up? Like anybody that stuck out? Because I know you yeah, said like you, loved, Nirvana was your favorite loved, band. I've always loved Eminem just because he was always you know so much just so much himself unapologetically. And that's like I like that about him. And his rapping ability, obviously, too. But, like, right. I just remember back thinking, like, the real Slim Shady and stuff. But unapologetic, like, just, hi, kids. Like, yeah, yeah that's it definitely just, just... entertaining, dude. It was beautiful. Um, it was like, a time, man. Yeah, Lil Wayne. Um, uh, you mentioned Wayne. Uh, Sci High the Prince is probably my, my close second favorite rapper. And if you're not familiar with Sci High the Prince, yeah, dude is just a... a I want to look that up myself, to be honest. His bars are ridiculous. He doesn't really sit here and try and rap fast. He's got a couple different cadences, but his delivery and his punchlines just make you go, God damn it. Yeah, dude. Because that, that's another thing I noticed, too, because, like, there's a lot of speed that comes out of the Midwest quite a bit, too. Like, that's Chop. another... Midwest choppers. Yeah, there's that. I think and maybe that's what pushed it. But um, beyond that, like I said, but you have you have speed in a lot of... In a couple of your songs, too, I would yeah, say, I where there's... Like to, I don't like to just ride the beat. Uh, I like to change my flow. Um, it sounds selfish, but I do it because of my own fucking entertainment. Because like, ah, if I should. get bored, you should. I want you to be entertained too, obviously. But like, if I get bored, fucking. Uh, but yeah, no. So basically, Young Steez, Jay Influential, Swizzy B, Static the Rapper, Hood Rich Sheed, and Chris Tover are all gonna be on the show. And here's what's super cool: um, is if you actually go to, um, if you actually go to the, my post or wherever the flyer itself is, and you save the photo. If you go to your um, your photos, you can literally hold down the QR code, open up the Safari link here, um, which is the same exact oh, thing that's on my uh, business card over there. And you can purchase tickets. The I have this a, man uh, is living in thirty twenty two. I have a major announcement on Friday. Okay. On the twenty fifth, um, me and the me and the highest cloud smoke shop, we're gonna do something cool. Um, they're sponsoring the show, Brutal Doodle. She's coming to do the live art, and then you have a link to all of our music, so you can hear all of our music before you see us live. So that way, that kind of That's negates dope, the. Man. Oh, I see a flyer. It looks a nice, cool looking flyer. I haven't heard of those people. I'm not going to show up. It literally allows people to hear you before they see you live, so they can be like, "Oh, cool! Like I really fuck with this," or like, "Oh no! Like maybe I don't like this sort of rap. Maybe I like you know a different whatever." Or like, 
Just just give yeah. someone an opportunity to be hurt. That's very hurt. smart, man. Putting those Rather QR codes out. down immediately because they don't know what the name is. They haven't heard of them before. Dude, dead ass. I mean, like, especially even, like, at the first few seconds or something like that, I see a, see a flyer, might pass it off, but if they just, if they're already reading it and there's a QR code on it, if I'm already reading it, I'm probably going to click it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's super smart, man. That's an exact kind of forward-thinking 3022 thought that's going to put you ahead, my Damn man. You, Absolutely. So, I, we don't have to wrap up, but I always like to ask a couple things, um, and then we obviously just we can do the plugs and whatever you'd like to do. 36 double D bra size. All right. Um, All right. You know, shoe size is a negative six. They have baby feet. Okay. okay. Trump, Trump hands. All right. All right. <laughs> these are all I'm writing these yeah, down these yeah. are all two no's no but something I always like to ask every person that comes in here period just because especially a lot with artists it, it becomes work focused when I answer this question it's just it's simple though if you could travel anywhere in the world where? to do music or just in general? Oh, okay. See, that's that's why I like because if I ask when I ask this to random folks, while you oh, think, yeah. when I ask this to random folks, a lot of times it's like, well, I don't want to do shit. I'm sick of my job. And I don't know, but I like I like skiing. Maybe I go over here. Maybe I go there. Whatever. A lot of people, it becomes business minded. It's like, damn, what if I could play Japan? Like, what if I could play? You know, like cool. fucking well, like sell I out. If a, I had a, if I had my choice to go somewhere, I guess I, I'll ask you this as someone uh, as as a, as a musician. Where would you play? Where would you go? Just to be a fly on the wall and be a tourist. Where I would go to be a fly on the wall is I would really love to go. Um, it's a tough one. The world's is, big. Um, I'd really, uh, I would really like to go to like Brazil. That's a you dope know, answer, just, just dude. To, That's a just dope to, answer. Just to try some of the food and just experience some of the culture and just you know hit up carnival. Yeah, just, <laughs> just just get away. You know, obviously, like stay. You know, towards the touristy parts of shit. Sure. Not get eaten alive by the the uh, natives, or if there's like, you know, fuck you. Do people come to America say the same shit? Like, well, you know, stay away from the, you know, Omaha's. No, no, no. no. Sure. We're we're pretty chill, sort of. Yeah, for sure. But I, I mean, like, but if you could play anywhere, play anywhere, man, I'd like to play somewhere in um, L.A. or Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think think somewhere in New York. I would. I think I have a good. I I think. Here's what's cool is like I can fit in in the East Coast. I could fit in in the West Coast. I could fit in down south in Houston. I could fit in Florida. Like I don't have a particular sound. Like oh, you sound like East Coast rapper. Right, right. I'm not. I have songs. You definitely do not. I I, yeah right. Like I have songs where like I have like you know sampled hip hop shit and I can hit that East Coast sound. And I've got shit that's a little bit different that you'll hear coming out of LA. Maybe not even like the Bay sounds. You know like with E40 type. Sure. And those certain sounds that you hear. Um, and I can go take it and do some screwed up shit down in Houston, you know. But you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. I have a lot of different sandal blacks. When we get done, I'm actually excited to not to end this interview, but to like show you my, some of my music, my new shit off the album. I've yeah, dude, would love to. Leave, so. I'd love to. But well, I mean, I I honestly, I think that's 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 a really good spot to kind of roll this thing to a head. To be honest, one hundred percent. But again, uh, go ahead and plug all your socials anything yeah, you would like to yeah, put out absolutely. there especially about the new EP yeah so uh, Johnny Bliss on all social media all streaming platforms it's J-X-H-N-N-Y Bliss B-L-I-S-S 
Um, my album Pain and Smiles comes out on March 11th on all streaming platforms, um, and we have a show at the Burbard in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, doors are at eight. Show is at nine. Um, there will be uh, seven people, including myself, performing. We will have Brutal Doodles doing live art, and she is super dope. I have DJ Fly Cuts on uh, DJing, and he's a really good fucking DJ. He doesn't and nothing against DJs that just press play, but he's going to be up there scratching. Actually, on the ones and twos. Yes, yes. And I have a band now. I have a drummer, guitar player, and a bassist, and we're you know we've been rehearsing, and it's it's a whole fucking thing. It's it's, it's going to be great and you know like I said I have an announcement on Friday that we're going to do um, just and we'll have this cool. out by then I believe well it's it is what it's Saturday the 9th, Saturday the 19th I'm planning yeah. to have this out Monday if that's okay yeah, yeah that'll be perfect yeah just yeah, top so, of the week push people yeah. right in the face yep exactly <laughs> we'll hit them up with that so and then um, I have my uh, Johnny Bless shirts that just dropped um, so I'll be naked I actually sold out of the pre-orders of those um so I'll have some available at the show with hats as well too um but yeah I kinda got this cool little logo oh dude fuck yeah that's my bad bliss yeah Um, it's got a little caricature dude ski cap looking dude yeah so um but uh, yeah, I got a lot of cool shit. I just announced that I have a movie role coming at, that I'm doing an independent film for. I, Word? I can't really, I can't give away any details. Okay. All, but it's really fucking. You know the cool game. It's such an honor <laughs> to be a part of this, and it's uh, it's really cool. So um, I got to read the script and shit. So it was a uh, stoked on that. Time. Yeah. So I like I I have a lot of things coming out. Like um, you know, so it, it's just. I, I have I got a good buzz going and I got a lot of shit to continue to keep adding to that and just a lot of cool stuff coming out for all the fans and supporters and like I don't you know like I, I feel it's weird to call them fans but like it you know because like a, a lot of these people right. like I you know, I've become to know you know what I'm saying like learn shit about them and stuff but like my supporters you know what I'm saying so like um, but that's good though, man. Like it's yeah, one of those things that always, really cool. if it feels weird in a way, but yeah, have, don't let it shake you. No, you're right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, like it, it's cool. I don't it's, think it did. I'm just saying, like it's, it's humbling, humbling because I have like when I really think about it, like I have a chick who has my lyrics tattooed on her back. Word in, uh, in Iowa. Yeah, shout out to Sabrina. She's cool. Um, it and, is uh, so crazy sometimes. Like I, I mean, like I, I don't want to again ever make this by myself. But I've only ever seen it once. I was driving my car and I pulled up behind someone out of a bumper sticker. Yeah, and I was cool, like, right? and I had no, no fucking idea what it was. And I was like, what? Why? But I mean, like I thought about. It, I was like, don't fucking shortchange yourself. They yeah. bought the sticker. They slapped it on the car. Be proud of that I'm shit, man. And yeah. I was proud of it. But I was like, it, it's. It makes you check yourself real fast. Yeah, I think if, if you're a real motherfucker, it makes you check yourself real fast. Like, no, I'm, yeah. not, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, like, and, and a couple months ago, um, I had a dude named George McGinnis. He hit me up and was like, hey, um, and shout out George. He uh, he told me, he's like, hey, your song, Stand Alone, helped me stay sober off of meth. And I was like, god damn. <laughs> like, I mean, I was like, thank you for that because that just that just solidifies what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing but like I also want to just give you a hug man yeah and say good on you bro like I've never done math but I can't imagine how hard it is once you start to stop I can't imagine dude so for someone to go out of their way to message me that and be like hey man this song this one song that you did in 2018 kept me so rough of meth and I was like oh, so I 
thank I'm so proud of you yeah, and like th- thank you for telling th- me that because that's was, huge I didn't dude. know how to respond no what, crazy, what do you, what do you like, fucking say to that right so I was just like hey man like that is so cool but like also thank you like that means so much to me and I'm so happy to hear that that song meant so much to you like it, I just felt like we immediately had a connection I feel it was like just like it just like thank you dude like it's important to do things for yourself because you want to create the art that you make but that's the real point is it not I mean like let's be honest at the end of the day yeah. we all want people to listen like <laughs> as much as we say that we do it for ourselves yeah, and to be true I, I, I always I always said that if I could change one person's life that I, I've done something right or they're like I, that's, I've done my job but it's not even like changing their life it's just changing a perspective just offering them a different peak and a different perspective like hey here's what I've been struggling with and because you see me on social media and you don't see me in my day to day, you might think that I have everything going for me and all this stuff is just perfectly lined up and stuff. But you might not see the the hardships that go into all this stuff. So for me to like put that on wax and talk about it, people are like, like, oh, you're not just this rapping robot. You have a sense of humor. You're funny. Like if you come to my shows, like I rock the fuck out and I'm high right. energy, but I also crack jokes. Nice. Yeah, see. Funny. Like, I'm not, like, stand-up comedian funny, but, like... Engaging. I'm engaging, yeah. Like, I know what I'm doing. I grew up doing this shit, and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but beep fucking beep. Well, you should. That's why you're here. Yeah. Like, no one else (laughs) is going to fucking toot your own horn but you, so I might as well be, but... Fuck yeah, I don't dude. know. Like I just, I have a lot. I, I my my goal is to have fun because if I have fun, the audience is gonna have fun. Fuck yeah, dude. That's a hundred percent. And I'm not having fun. They're not gonna have fun. No. No matter how good my music is. So I'm just like, yep. Every time I'm like, this is the big stage. Whether I'm performing for 500 people or five, it's the same show. That's so, I I respect the fuck out of that. Yep. I mean, that is a hundred percent how I how I treat my job too. Because I I teach for a living, and sometimes I got one person, but they deserve the same respect as a hundred yep. if I got the crew. But yeah, they paid money. They paid money to come see you. Yeah. They That's, literally spent their hard-earned money, which they could have just sat on their ass at home, or went and got some food and spent that same money. But they came out to see you, and they want to see a show. Hundred percent. Don't change them. There's, those are the people that. Those are the people that you will fucking continue to keep showing up. Yeah, man. Well, that's that's about as real as it fucking gets, man. Well, Johnny, you you're a cool motherfucker, <laughs> and you've been nothing but an awesome storyteller and a great. That, you're, you're good people, dude. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, man. Fucking big big respect. But hell yeah, bro. Well, <laughs> we'll wrap it up from here. Again, you guys have to check it out. Um, is that coming out? Like, is, is it going to be wide release or at least some some sort of release yeah, after be, the eleventh or yeah? Right so on it? basically, it drops um, everywhere at midnight on the eleventh. Oh fuck and then yeah! The show is at night at the eleventh, so it'll be everywhere in the morning. So, so you'll be available to kind of pregame for that day, yeah, man. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, but yeah, luckily, again, yeah, luckily my job is uh, is pretty cool about this, so. Um, that's always to nice. Work for a little bit and then go do my thing and, at night. So, yeah, it's fucking cool, dude. Be lenient. Hell yeah. Well, again, the new album, uh, Painted Smiles, will be out Friday, March 11th. It drops in the morning, so it'll be midnight. Just get up early, start your day that way. It's Friday and fucking bump the weekend. And then hit the Bourbon Theater that night. Show starts at 9, doors at 8, and... Apparently, fuck. You'll catch me there, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make it. You'll we're see gonna, me there, we're gonna bro. Be in there like where? Yeah, we're gonna be partying, my we're guy. Be but to Johnny, thanks again so much yeah, for coming by all the way out here. Like I said, we to, to give to give one more credit to this man. We could have done this on Discord. It'd have been easy to throw it up on there. He's like, nah, I'd rather come see you in person and yep, just and say what up, make it genuine. Drive, deal with my fucking dog and <laughs> yeah. But again, hey geeks, uh, we'll leave you with another track on the way out, and uh, we dropped it with a little bit of samples on the way through. We open the 
at the beginning as well. So you'll hear, you'll hear my takeover too at the end of the the episode. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Took over the podcast for a second. Yeah, that was important. We took a couple calls. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple calls. Hotline was ringing. Chance. Dog was barking. This man's on the clock. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we unfortunately didn't have the uh, recording of the audio of these phone calls we had, but uh, we had a couple callers in. Fun way stories, but yeah, you got a little little snip, little, little, uh, little snip <laughs> there. So. All right. Well, thanks again, team. Geeks, appreciate you as always. Uh, we'll be back next month with more music reviews. Until next time, be easy, everybody. Thanks.
Yeah, it's beautiful. No, no, you go. I'll, I'll, I'll take over. So this is this is now my podcast. Tuning in to the Bliss Nation podcast. Um, I just want to make a shout out to our caller that just called in. Um, you know, it's okay. You don't have to worry about having a small PP. It's not the worst. You know, I have a needle dick, but I fuck like a sewing machine. You know what I'm saying? So yes, see, he heard it. So it's 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 really about the motion of the ocean. You know what I'm saying? So. You're natural, man. <laughs> you got it. My, my dad's a, a DJ on uh, 